everybody. Welcome to another episode of Black Queen's Republic. Uh, today I have my friend CG. I'll let her tell you guys a little bit more about herself. Hi, CG. Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm good. So tell, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. <laughs> I honestly never know how to answer that question. <laughs> when it comes to someone just asking me, or when it's in an interview, I need to be guided by questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Kevin um, CG. Yeah. Do you identify yeah. as a Christian? Um, no. So I don't identify as a Christian. I, I call myself, and I am, not even I call myself, I am a believer, a believer in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, and a daughter of God. So I really focus on the relationship aspect of it, and mm-hmm. also my belief. Um, not the label Christian because honestly, <sighs> Christianity is a religion, and I don't believe in religion. That sounds so weird to say, um, but it's just, I mean, under Christianity, there's all these different sectors of it, you know, so it can kind of get lost in translation. Yeah. But I find yeah. the relationship. I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm born again, believer. Yeah. Oh, what do you think the difference is with identifying as a Christian and and identifying as a believer? So, not so. There's not necessarily always a difference. So, some people who even think the same way I do will still call themselves a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but like I was mentioning labeling yourself as a Christian, it's like, oh well, what does that mean? There's Catholicism. You know, there's Pentecost, like there's so, or Pentecostal, there's so many different types of Christians. Um, And I find that once you say you're Christian, it comes with a lot of, um, what's the word, stereotypes. Mm. I don't, I don't believe I fit most of those stereotypes. And I learned this concept from my pastor, you know, and he, Mm. honestly, there's a message he's taught about sonship and it has to do with the relationship and he actually broke down how christianity was a party like a political party in the bible and it was just this perspective that shifted my thinking i'm like wow did Mm. jesus even say christian like call yourselves a christian or did we make that term up hmm i mean in the bible you, it, it, it people are identified as Christians. I think, well, not by Jesus. I, I can't say for sure, but I know that Paul, Apostle Paul, does address people as Christians, the people he's he's writing the letter to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and that's where it's like digging deep into that. It's like, okay, hmm, what that, does it really mean to be a, a Christian? And, um, Versus what Jesus said, you know what I mean? You didn't yeah. say, and this is, this is actually a big part of it too. Um, a lot of people, if they come from like another faith, um, they feel almost like they can't even come into a relationship with Jesus because they weren't born a Christian. But when you think of it as we are all born into this world, you mm. know what I mean? And once you give your life to Christ, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you're reconciled back to God. So you're in a relationship with God. That's that. But if we're like, oh, the division of it, like, oh, you're Muslim, so you can't give your life to Christ. Oh, you're, you know, it just, 
the division aspect of it is is why I don't want that association anymore. Mm, okay, I've never heard that perspective before. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, make, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, but how can she say such things? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we have this podcast to start a conversation, you know, people to uh, talk about these things in their homes. I, I, I think for me, I stopped identifying as the denomination Pentecostal. I was I was baptized Protestant, but by the time I was old enough, like in kindergarten and stuff like that, when I started going to church, my parents were Pentecostals, and so I gave my life to Christ. I think in in P five, like around there, but I don't think I really understood what I was doing. Yeah. I think I saw everybody going to the front, and I told my aunt, I was like, oh. I should give my life to Christ. Yeah. And she's like, oh, and then she's like, you, you go also, you. And I was like, ah, but I don't know. Eh, I, I'm not sure. She's like, go, go give your life to Christ. And so I went because my auntie literally pushed me and told me to go do it. And so I did it. And, and then I, I identified as a born again Christian for a really long time. Until I watched the documentary of uh, Jim Jones with my mom. And I was like, these people, this man, Jim Jones, who just murdered uh, hundreds of people under the, I'm a pent, like, you know, this is, we're born again Christians. It gave, it was like, oh my God. And then I started, and the problem with me is I like to do research. I like to go read about each and everything. Once I start reading, then I started reading about people like Chiwetere and, you know, that guy who killed so many Ugandans under the same thing. Yeah. So then I just said, you know what? Let me just identify as a Christian. Because when you think about denominations, they are man-made it's yeah. like people came and they're like, now this is what Catholics will do. When you look at Catholicism, Protestant, all all the denominations of Christianity, they come, somebody had ideologies that they made up and decided they should have a following. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's interesting. And I'm still trying to sort of find myself in, in the Christian faith because I am pretty, I find myself to be liberal in a sense mm-hmm. in my way of thinking but i'm i'm always like i'm not sure this aligns with god and i wonder if i can be both yeah and you know i think it's important for each and every person mm-hmm. to search ask seek discover for themselves we a lot of us are born into something or like you said oh your auntie go go give your life to christ yeah you just <laughs> You know what I mean? And I have to be, um, I have to thank God for my mom because she always wanted us to understand what we are doing. Like, I'll never forget it. Even when it comes to taking, um, what is it, communion. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, understand. She has to just blindly do stuff. So I think because of that perspective and also growing up, my dad, at, like he had a period of time where he kind of walked away from like his belief mm-hmm. and question had my mom who believed in Jesus, my dad who was questioning. So 
I remember clearly at six years old choosing to give my life to Christ. I mm. like, like, I remember it. It's like this. It was like it's even like this shining moment as an image in my life. If that makes any sense in my memory, it's almost like this light came upon me, and I remember raising my hand and then going into another room, and they asked me, "Do you know what you're doing?" And I said, "Yes." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, was like, yeah. yeah. Something inside of me knew, right? But then at 21 years old is when I now like searched because I needed to understand why do I have to believe in Jesus specifically? So I, you know, searched and understood and then I rededicated my life to Christ and yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I guess we have sort of like similar uh, stories about how we gave our life to Christ, both that like, you know, when we were minors. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're talking about sex and the gospel um, I was, like I was telling you, I was really sort of iffy about doing this topic because you don't really hear about sex and God being discussed, but I think yeah. it is, I think it's an important conversation. When I was doing my research um, on this topic, I found that there was, there was a lot in the Bible, there's, it talks a lot about sexual immorality. And I'm yeah. wondering, like, what, what is your take on that? What do you think sexual immorality is? Yeah, so sexual immorality is anything that is outside of God's design mm-hmm. for sex. So outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about marriage. Do you think that marriage is, is something that was created by God or is it an institute? Is it like a governmental institution or is so, it both? I believe that marriage was designed by God mm-hmm. um, to becoming one at the end of the day. When it comes to all the traditions surrounding marriage, to be honest, I would have to do research to really understand and know. Mm-hmm. But definitely to becoming one in the spirit and like with God's blessing, mm-hmm. I certainly know and see that it's designed by God. I mean, you can see from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, it yeah. is designed for God for two to become one. But yeah, the traditional parts of it, I honestly would have to do research to, to give you an answer with confidence. Yeah. Um, so the thing that's interesting about this is, so for me, when I was looking through, you know, I read the the thing that you sent me last week, and then I was also reading a few Bible verses. Um, so is your take that sex is designed to be in marriage? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, 100%. 100%. Really? I, yeah, and I, like, have had, I mean, first of all, I'm not even married. <laughs> and I have had sex. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like, don't tell my dad, but. <laughs> I don't I think mean, your dad's going to find this podcast. Hopefully not. Hey, not the one. He may find it, but I'm joking. It's not like he doesn't know. Yeah. Um, but, like, with our culture, when it comes into not this shame, like, Forget like there's the shame surrounding it as like okay Christians talking about sex and then it's even more Ugandans or Africans talking about it you know mm-hmm. we keep it so hush hush that 
yeah it's it's like there's not this freedom to just talk about it like hello god designed sex obviously how how do we come into this world <laughs> honestly i always wondered why growing up i didn't when i tell you that topic never even slapped the doors of my house it never happened why do you think there is such a shame in the church about you know discussing sex um i think it's because when we actually when we when it's talked about at most, most churches it's don't have sex until marriage it's sexual immorality it's the focus on don't do this mm-hmm. instead of focusing on the beauty of it in marriage like if if the perspective was taught that way like the benefits almost us understanding the benefits of it mm-hmm. and then we would i don't know i feel like more people would be like you know what that makes sense like it makes sense that i would want to wait until it's just with one man because then we're married we're you know like I, there's not going to be this pain of having sex with somebody in a relationship. We break up. I am mm-hmm. now hurting even more so because I've given myself to him in that way or both, you know, vice versa. And mm-hmm. then the next relationship and the next relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, it's just, it's, sex is almost like dirty in our culture. Like, it's like, ah, say such things like it's just those are bad manners stop it (laughs) you know and i I, to tell you the truth when i was growing up um we used to be like and then they when they started doing bad manners and then after like we i called sex bad manners until i was 15 like (laughs) like it's ridiculous it doesn't and thinking about it now as a 29 year old i'm like jane what the hell why did you but it's like at that time hmm i was watching sunset beach and then when the scene of bad manners came my father came and he changed the channel it's like i wonder why we couldn't you know but yeah it is it is that shame and and then we end up not even ever talking about it even when we when we do have sex eventually so but like let's talk about sex particularly in the church do you ever remember that conversation happening ever and how was how was the messaging honestly not until my the church that i go to now like my pastor talks about it openly and I think that's why my perspective on it has even changed like to see a pastor talking about it and being open about it like it's like okay like you feel less shame about it you know what I mean it's not this like we're never going to talk about it it's like how are people supposed to even feel like okay let's say that all we're hearing growing up in churches is don't have sex don't have sex don't have sex or until marriage, then now you're getting married. Now you have this idea, don't have sex. It's in your mind that it's this bad manas thing. Mm-hmm. So you want to enjoy or explore with your husband or your wife because it's bad manas. So it's just like, what, a transactional thing? You know what I mean? Like, okay, we have sex, have a baby, but what about the enjoyment and intimacy of it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I honestly never really had a healthy perspective or talk about it in churches except for my pastor who just keeps it all the way real <laughs> yeah yes guys I've, I've been to CG's church i remember when i first went i was like oh 
okay <laughs> you know but it was really interesting he he is he and i wonder if that's because he's like a young guy but i i definitely found it really fascinating that he's not only open about sex but even like abuse and relationships and like how to know the difference so guys go to check out kicc is that the name of it yeah on, in uh on instagram i watch some of their videos sometimes that you post so um toronto and i I wanted to mention one thing actually mm -hmm. on you mentioned you know because he's young i think it's more so because he's just free he's free in his identity he knows Mm, you know he has the personal relationship with god so once you start to open yourself up to understanding God's design for sex and life and, you know, his perspective on abuse and all of that, mm-hmm. you just can openly freely talk about it. Yeah. Do you know, like, whereas a lot of pastors, I truly believe they're not fully free or comfortable yeah. so that it, they keep it separate and out of the church. And they're too stuck on, I think, the religious part of, of Christianity, like the, the, the rigidness of it all. It's almost like a routine and and it's hard to, you just wonder like, how do those people live their lives? Like thinking that everything has to be perfect, but like as people, we, we're not perfect. So that's why like, I, I thought about, there was a time when I wanted to be a pastor and I was like, I'm too liberal. <laughs> I'm not a rigid thinker, you know? So I was like, I can't, I can't be a pastor, but, but you're right that that could be, that's literally it. You have to be free in yourself before you can talk about other people being free, to be honest. Um, let's talk about the, I want to, I want to touch on marriage still. Um, we were talking about soul ties before we started the, the, the podcast. Do you think that soul ties like is that a thing or is it like a myth because i've heard like different perspectives on this yeah so yeah i've also heard different perspectives and even when you try to look for like an exact like definition or word in the bible you know it seems it's like one of those things where it's not completely laid out it's until you you search you ask the holy spirit to reveal it to you that Mm. you can understand for me personally, because, yeah, I feel like when it comes to this topic, a lot of it is a personal experience. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it, it almost validates the concept of when God says um, two shall become one. Mm-hmm. Like, becoming one in the spirit, your soul, everything, <laughs> right? Do you think um, that that's what sex does? Like, when you do have sex, you are basically joining as one? Yeah, I do. And... I can think of my experiences with sex mm-hmm. and how when I look at relationships I've been in or situationships, I like to call them, most of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I, like I'm, my mind and thoughts are less cloudy on the person when we haven't had sex. You know, you can see, like, okay, this relationship is toxic. 
we should not be together. Mm. Start doing bad manners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you almost you attack yourself to the person. Like, first of all, if it's a good sex too, then you're just almost like okay. You you overlook the bad. You overlook the red flags because you're now attached to the person. And I I've experienced it. That's why I'm like, no, I believe in the soul typing. Or mm-hmm. when you know with soul ties too when you're trying to get over the person and it's so hard to you think about the person you have dreams about the person you're you're sad about the person you want to be with the person again like to me that <coughs> that's not just like oh your mind like yo that's a i feel like that's a soul thing it's a spiritual thing so then you know i've i've heard people saying so with the soul ties thing they there's this guy in our friends group he used to date this chick um and then every bad thing up to now he's just has horrible things happening to him and we're always saying like he's always saying that when he had sex with her all all her problems <laughs> became his cuz like literally his life will not settle like he's just constantly running into like roadblocks like he'll try to pay off debt and it doesn't happen or he will apply for this and it doesn't like it just seems like his life is a is a hot mess and do you think that 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 can happen when you sleep with certain people yeah and like if we're going to go deep in that then yeah let's let's go there i do yeah. think that um because I believe in the spiritual realm, well, the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are different parts of our soul, spirit, mind, um, body, you know, our emotions are in our soul. Um, and so now when two are, are becoming one, those, whatever is in that person's soul is now being joined to your soul. So if they are, you know, depressed, if they have anxiety if they have um like even just like lustful spirits like i do believe that that once you join yourself with someone you can have that as well um and again i have experienced that as well and that's why it's so mind blowing almost oh my god pardon that's horrifying <laughs> sorry i'm just like digesting what you're saying go ahead no it is honestly it is like it really is horrifying and scary you're like what you know because oftentimes we just focus so much on being like physical beings but there mm-hmm. is the spiritual realm and it's real um so and you know like i like I, i'm sure you've heard of the term when people say you have to like break soul ties mhm i've heard that yeah yeah so i yeah like I, I believe in that too breaking soul ties because sometimes um once you're attached to someone it's detrimental and i mean if we let's even look at it just in friendships or relationships mm-hmm. you like take on a friend's behaviors thought patterns you know and like you start to become like them yeah you know, if you think of it even just like in that simplicity if you yeah. have been joined with somebody else for so long or even in sex you know that you can start to become like them so that's like, true oh, mm-hmm. with like even with friendships like you you start using the same slangs you you know you sort of start talking like your friends so i can imagine if 
you're having sex with somebody which brings me to my next point so so then that happens the more you keep sleeping with people so you sleep with somebody maybe who has depression right then you go on to the next maybe i don't know maybe he's lazy you know he's just or uh, let me not say lazy maybe unmotivated so it just keeps happening with everybody so that i'll be 100 100% honest i okay i want to say yes because if two become one your souls become one then yes mm-hmm. but if i look at just my own experience mm-hmm. maybe i am in denial straight up but i'm like i don't think i took on that person's this and that you know but maybe maybe i did and maybe also those things were broken from me you know through deliverance or healing or talking to god about it praying you know asking him to cut it off like mm-hmm. i don't know but but yeah it, it is i do see why god says just wait until marriage because of all these different things that can happen yeah. when you are so with that being said then <clears throat> can't the same thing happen when you do get married and you do have sex a soul tie yeah can't it happen with the person that you're married to oh yeah no oh yeah it'll happen it is it, and that's the thing it's supposed to only happen with the person you're married to and now ah uh, okay let's say that two people have not um you know has sex with multiple people and they're coming in clean together but if they have they can bring that junk to the uh to the marriage and I, there is a bible verse that says um you know about def- defiling the marriage bed yes yes yeah yeah hebrews 13:4 let marriage be held in honor among all and let mm-hmm. the marriage bed be undefiled for god will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous mm-hmm. so it's like don't be bringing all of that junk into marriage, you know, because it's, and you see, even with marriages, like when people have to go through counseling, people have to go through healing and stuff from their past relationships because mm-hmm. they're bringing junk. We used to, I mean, we can, we call it baggage. Yes. Right. But baggage is probably soul ties. <laughs> you know what? Yes. Because so then that's really interesting because nowadays you don't really hear about you know when I, when back in the days in Uganda growing up counseling was was a part of that you know it was like it, it was like i think 8 to 9 weeks before you get married and that's when you had to figure out everything about your partner and and what they needed to heal from and you know it was and it was counseling with a pastor and so yeah. he would pray for whatever but i don't think that that's done anymore at least i don't hear about it honestly yeah it's facts like that's one thing i love with my pastor too because he will counsel he will not marry anyone without counseling them first and it's so important so like, important it is because you would rather save yourself right by before just you get married to the person then you're finding out all this stuff it what a, like it's i think it's better to be counseled from a pastor first mm-hmm. and a pastor that you trust a pastor that you know you you respect their marriage like it's not just any pastor well um, yeah because it's like you're it's almost like you're getting intervention 
it's prevention before intervention. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, yeah. And also, sometimes it's good to have, like, even just, let's say there's an issue between friends or, you know, um, two people in a relationship. Mm-hmm. When you have a third party to kind of, be like you know, the the subjective one, sort of objective one, rather. Sorry. Exactly, exactly. And then a pastor who has done many counseling sessions with couples, like they can advise you, give you advice, you know, give you hope, give you encouragement, pray mm-hmm. for you. Like, there's a lot of benefit to it, and I I think it's important, and people should do it to save themselves so that the divorce rate can be lowered. <laughs> yes, and you know, I find you know that marriage in i don't know if it's just the western world because we can talk about african marriages where it's like you have to die there there's no such thing as divorce and and that also has its own issues you know that has its own issues that oh you know we could literally go all day and talk about that and then you have in north america where i find that this culture not even just north america but the western world in general people people do things by their feelings quite a bit i i cannot tell you how many times i hear people say oh i was not feeling in love anymore or you know he wasn't doing it for me and i wonder do you think that somebody's going to be doing it for you for 20 years sometimes they like you're not going to be feeling like them i think also marriage part of marriage is deciding to get past the feeling of i don't like you today you know (laughs) just like sometimes sometimes i don't like myself that much i'm like i don't look that cute today but does that mean i should throw myself away no so i think marriage has lost that people like the the idea of marriage you know the the thought of being in love with somebody for the rest of your life is amazing like that part of it is great, but people don't know that th- the thing with being married to somebody, f- you know, like even, yeah, even people who call themselves Christians or believers, it's like, oh, we think like almost like it's old school to wait until marriage, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I think that if we understood like the reasons why we should wait and like the benefits of waiting and the benefits of having sex in the context of marriage we would save ourselves a lot of heartbreak and a lot of wasted time like just because you may be attracted to somebody and you want to be with them doesn't mean you have to you have to be with them that's (laughs) the true yeah that's so true because I, i i read something on twitter that says if you take sex off the table you know how much can you really talk to that person in depth like can you guys connect on a words level if you weren't connecting on a sex level type of thing and it's so true but you know i'm trying to figure out how we got here because it wasn't always like this yeah i think it's i think it's the way in which um gratification like instant gratification that's what i wanted to say as itself but it's really instant gratification mm-hmm. became more prominent you know like mm-hmm. even in regards to what we see on tv on social media like it's there sex is easy easily and readily available absolutely 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's where, and also because we we've lost the the beauty in marriage. So now it's no longer really a thing. Like now it's just you have sex if you want to have sex with somebody. You know, yeah. swipe, swipe, Tinder, find someone to have sex You know, it's so crazy. Yeah, you're right. Like sex is literally. I remember back in the day, I think the only dating thing was plenty of fish. And most of us were so disgusted by the idea of, of hooking up at that time. Plenty of fish had all these like creeps. And and now you have Tinder, you know, where it's like a hookup site. Then you have Hinge where you meet professionals. And then you have Hailey where if you like working out, you can meet another guy who works out. Then you have Bumble, which the girl has to start the conversation. So it's, you know, has that feminism added to it. Then you have Christian Mingle. I mean, there's all, you're right. Everything is just (laughs) right there, you know, in people's faces. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. Um, And another thing too is when it comes to like, relationships and marriage and sex we for like if people understood that god has a purpose for everything Mm -hmm. then i think our perspective would change on it too so marriage isn't just about getting married to someone you love and having kids it's like no there's a design there's a purpose that we all have on this earth and then there's somebody you know like and then in marriage there's stuff like there's a purpose within that marriage that you're supposed to bring out on this earth so if we Mm. understood that as well then again when we have when we see people we wouldn't just be like okay like i'm meeting mike and he's hot and i want to date him have sex with him like no wait a minute if i get myself even involved with mike i could stop myself from meeting my benjamin that's supposed to be my husband Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something so yeah there's like so many different things so many different ways in which we just lose the importance or even the respect um, towards people who want to to wait. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, One person I really admire is Yvonne Orji. I'm sure you you know her. She's openly talked about waiting. And Mm. I think she's like, she's like 35 around there she's between 35 and 36 and you know she talks about you know those struggles especially for her who's in like hollywood and she's literally that's the definition of when when god talks about spiritual warfare (laughs) can you imagine being in hollywood and being like i love jesus and i'm waiting you know it's for her to still stay on course one thing i struggled with not anymore because i'm older but i i've always been i've always been the type to be like i'm i'm waiting i'm waiting till marriage um but over the like over the last i want to say like year or so i've been questioning because i was like i don't want to get married Actually, the thought of living with a man is is horrifying. So then, where where does that stand with people like me who don't want to get married? So I feel I feel like with that, it's more so 
you asking yourself why don't I want to get married like it sounds like there is a brokenness aspect to the reason why you're like no I don't want to get married or men are like this you know what I mean like it sounds like that's where it's coming from so it's there's this I don't know whether it's hurt or fear of it Mm -hmm. but but yeah like it sounds like that piece would have needs to be healed so that you actually would desire it you know because because or i should even ask you like what's the reason like the Mm. real 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 reason if you think about it that you don't want to get married um the the biggest thing i i think of marriage there's there's a power dynamic when Mm. when it and when we talk about the context of of marriage in terms of when you read what the way that we perceive a husband and a wife there's that power there that i don't like i don't want to be told what to do i don't want to be told that as a woman i have to behave like this i don't like those things make my my blood boil you know and i feel like there's always that expectation on there was a there was a study that I read that women men live longer in marriages while women you know their their lifespan kind of goes down because they're so consumed with you know taking care of the home because you're a woman it's your job it's this it's that i I don't want to live my life like that, and I think that's the the biggest reason but then trying to to like for example I believe when we're in a marriage we should both contribute in the best way we know how so if it's not i I hate gender roles and i feel like there's a lot of that in marriages this idea of gender roles and i and i'm like you know what maybe marriage is not for me because i'm not a traditional type thinker so that's why i'm like i would have loved to have children because i don't really have a relationship with my father I would have loved to raise children that did or do, but now the older I get, the more I realize maybe like, I don't know, that's probably not going to happen. So I'm going to have to like raise kids on my own (laughs) without being married. But then do people like myself get left out of that conversation? Should we just like never have sex if we never get married? I think that, like, what you described on gender roles and, you know, the men being, like, saying this or as a woman you should, that's not Jesus. That's not biblical. That's literally culture and tradition. And that's what's so irritating is that yeah. a man or society takes a takes a verse exactly. or takes on culture. Yeah, and decide this is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not. And and like and again, actually, um, I've learned a lot about marriage through uh, my pastor and and his wife and church, really, mm-hmm. because my pastor um, he talks about how the man and woman, like, it's not about oh the man is the leader of the house. Jesus is the head of mm-hmm. the home. You know, mm. and that really changed my perspective because it 
things then equal. Jesus is the head. But people twist it and say, the man is the head. Come on, the man to be directing and leading when we all know that the woman also has, you know, like... She has her role that she plays, definitely. Yeah. But, you know, it's supposed to be a relationship. There's nothing in marriage that says, you know, one is above the other. But because of us people, humans, (laughs) twisting always God's design, that's now what we're seeing. And it's uh, prominent in cultures like ours, like African cultures and Ugandan culture. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so I can understand and empathize why you're like, "Uh uh-uh. Don't want such thing. I, yeah, I'm no. just I I but can't I do that. it. I really cannot. Like yeah. it, the moment I start hearing, you know, because I I'm not that like I'm not the type who believes in in the tradition. I just feel like if you find a way that that works for you as as a person, then do it. I don't want this thing of like and I like where did all these cultures come from that. A man's job is to to do this. Sometimes, what if the man cannot provide? Does that make him less of a man? You know, it it, it puts too much pressure on, you know, because gender is a performance. It's not even real. Gender is like man-made rules about, made up by God knows who, to to behave a certain way. And when I think of like the exhaustion, (laughs) exhaustion from having to live my life like that i can't i i just i'm like oh my god i i I can't do it um studies show that like when women especially when women have children that their mental health literally takes a turn for the worst because not only do they have this there's a joke that that women say a lot like oh i have a third baby my husband i don't want that to be my life please you're not a baby i'm not your mom I like to cook, but sometimes you're going to have to cook, you know? So, yeah, I was saying, like, growing up watching my mom doing 100% of the work in the house and still being mistreated by my dad, I just, I was like, I, I can't. I've grown up in a culture that does not value women, and I feel like being single is the easiest thing <laughs> to do. But, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate that a lot of the examples that we have seen have been detrimental to our perspective and our um, just, yeah, perspective and view on marriage. Um, And so I think what would be helpful for you is to see healthy marriages. You know, like, like I brought up before, going to my church and seeing healthy marriages mm-hmm. has really encouraged me and having a pastor who talks about marriage, you know, mm-hmm. like has full out sessions and he allows singles to go, you know, and, and understand God's design for marriage. And he t- addresses things like men, you know, treating women like this and that and thinking that they're the above and no, Jesus is the head of the home. Mm-hmm. And then it's a partnership. And then you, as a couple, decide what roles you want to play. If, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mm. always mean that. And, like, my pastor is an example. Literally, like, with his life, it, it, it's such an example. And, I mean, you live in Scarborough, so 
girl. Yeah. <laughs> Come to my church if you want to see fresh, healthy perspectives because that's what we need. And I think that more, um, more and more people should display their marriages and relationships for us to see because we have broken perspectives, unfortunately, because of Ugandan culture and African yeah, culture. It's, yeah, it's... Absolutely. Like... And when we start to mix African traditions and and God, then uh, yes, it's always detrimental. It's it it's just it doesn't turn out, and obviously it has not, it has not worked. You know, it's trust me. That's my biggest beef. My biggest yeah. beef is the fact that so many Africans have brought their tradition into the church that we don't even know what the difference is. Yeah. We think, oh. This is what we're supposed. No, that's the tradition. That is not what God is saying. We only read that one verse that says, "Wives submit to your husbands," and then we forget the other whole entire verse that says, "Husbands submit to your wives." Like, like it's so. And it the funny thing is, this is something that happens so much that we've even lost we don't even know the difference anymore we don't know the difference between our african uh rules and the ten commandments anymore so right (laughs) (sighs) yikes i know and i think that's why it's important to have a personal relationship with god and like understand the role of the holy spirit because Mm -hmm. then you once you develop that relationship you begin to discern what is god's heart versus my culture's tradition and ways of doing things and then you kind of get to clean up that stuff because you know you mentioned before that i'm not sure if it was you know we were talking before and i know it was cutting out but Mm -hmm. um that you want children right i do that child will want a father you know so i think that yeah you you personally and anyone else who has that perspective and kind of like, I want children, but like, ah, that thing of marriage, find healthy relationships, even online. Like there's, um, what's this guy, Ezekiel. Oh, you yes. know Ezekiel, he's in Nigerian. Yes, I yeah. know him. So, you know, there. yeah, so finding good examples that are modeled, Jackie, Jackie and Perry. Yes. You know them too, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I actually like her a lot. She she has an interesting uh journey. Um yeah. and and like I've I've actually gone to watch her. I've been to a few of their shows. Genetics as well. Yes. Um I love genetics because she was so real. She was like, guys, like she said one time they were hugging when they were dating because they didn't kiss either, I think. Mm-hmm. until marriage and she was like and then his hand went to my ass and i had to be like Whoa! no not yet not yet it was she's just very realistic about how they struggled to stay on course and we need to hear more of those stories that as much as you know staying i hate using the word pure Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I understand you too. I I know. It, it has a very weird connotation. Let me say staying without having sex. 
yeah. We need to, we need to talk about we need to we need to have those conversations more. What to do when you have those struggles? Um, and also, yeah, like myself, too, I've never thought about looking in depth about why I hate the idea of marriage. But now I'm like, maybe I need to look into that because I've been like this for since I was born, since I literally could understand and saw how horrendous my parents' marriage was. And oh, yeah, and didn't think to yeah. look into that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. The, the other thing is the church, going back to the church, I find that the messaging around staying virgins tends to be uh, directed towards women. But we've touched on this saying it's probably, again, like our traditions getting in the way of God's word. Yeah, and it's so annoying. Like I have, yeah. when it comes to that and also um, talking about porn with men only i'm like what about women like there's so many things that it's just so one-sided okay women stay virgins men you're addicted to porn you're you're struggling with with porn like so that we think that almost like sex is just for men or anything to do with Mm. sex is just focused with men no we have our own desires and struggles as well Mm -hmm. and they also say they should stay virgins. If we're going yeah. to stay virgins, you also be virgins. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, And that's what particularly irritated me in the past year when I was I was looking into these things. And I'm like, okay, so I never want to get married. So then I was asking myself, so does that mean that, you know, I have to become a nun? Like, hey, what's happening? Oh, my God. And then I was seeing too many messages everywhere oh, it's, it's noble to be a virgin. It's some sort of badge of honor to stay a virgin. But like, they, oh my God, <laughs> like that's too much. And yes, Joseph Solomon um, talked about his addiction to porn and how it was so hard, like actually talking about it with other Christians, but that being the best decision he ever made talking about his addictions to other Christians. Mm. And it's like, you can imagine, and the porn industry is such a big industry. Yeah. Can you imagine if we, because then you you think that, because doesn't it, isn't it detrimental because then you think that's what sex is? Like you think what you're watching is I know a few a few people who are women who have said like they were addicted to porn, mm. but like we never talk about that. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about it. We overfocus on just being you know women need to be pure virgins and all that, and all mm-hmm. of it circles back to an unhealthy perspective unhealthy perspective because of what we see what we're taught what the church is saying and the church isn't talking enough about sex like we have to take away the taboo thing about it Mm -hmm. it's not just for when you're not a believer like you know what i mean it's not just for that like no it's we just need to help you perspective on it an understanding too not just like a perspective it's actually an understanding so that we can be like oh okay i Mm -hmm. get it and for, for both men and women to have that understanding about you know whether it's 
stay, you know, staying a virgin until or saving yourself until marriage or not. And then also, if you have it, like there shouldn't be a shame. <laughs> there is more of a shame if, let's say, a woman, you know, she's had sex, let's say, with ten guys, mm-hmm. and then she decides, okay, you know what? No, I'm not going to. And like she's getting closer to God, she's making this this decision versus a guy, like. You know, it's like, oh, you have? Okay, what about you? <laughs> you know, we're, we're yeah. in the same boat. And, and honestly, whether you've had sex with two people or 15 people, at the end of the day, you add sex before marriage and before the person. There isn't a hierarchy here. Yeah. Yeah, but, and, and there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be that shame. Like, yeah, there shouldn't be shame over it as well. Because, man, yeah, Jesus... <laughs> He doesn't have, uh, he doesn't play favorites over one sin or one amount of sin or anything. Mm-hmm. Sin is sin, and, and that's it. That's, you know, and that's why yeah. he came to, to, to die for our sins. And I hope so. you people have heard this loud and clear. Um, I But CG, someone will be listening to this and they'll be like, eh, but CG, pornography is entertainment. The same reason I go, I watch The Proud Family. I watch uh, Beauty and the Beast. I'm also watching pornography to be entertained. What is the sin in that? Or what's the detrimentalness in that? Yeah, it's going to end up destroying the person's mind and Mm. view of sex as well. You know, and I mean, everyone, yeah. It's, it's it comes to the point too where people have to get their own like revelation and understanding when it comes to these things. Um, but I know that porn has ruined a lot of relationships. It's ruined people's minds, you know. It's, yeah. And, and then you think about it, too, when you look into just the porn industry and sex industry, mm-hmm. how many people who are in it have been, like, coerced into it. Or, you know, so like so kind of, like, have respect even for the person. Like, mm. ah, there's just so much, so many layers to it that... yeah. No, you're right. I watched this documentary. It's actually on Netflix for anybody who wants to watch it. But it's called When Porn Ends. Um, It's so... Like, I obviously figured that it can't be positive to... When you do that for a living, it has to do something to your mental health. I, I can't imagine doing that for a living and it not having a negative effect on you or or at least yeah. how your family sees you. I think it like it, it can isolate you from your family, from society, especially for women. And this documentary follows um well, not mostly women, not all women, but mostly women and and there was there's a lot of like, you know, you gotta mentally prepare you know, they talk about the money just disappearing when you make it and you have to have a plan B. And it's really it's really interesting because then you have people who have sort of, you know, gone from porn and, and done other things. But like that's that's rare, like extremely rare. Um and then the porn industry also has a lot of like trafficking issues. Pornhub is in a scandal right now because they allow 15 year olds on their website. So <sighs> it's it's yeah. a lot. It's it a lot. And also, like, um, you know, we talked about it earlier, like soul ties and 
the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. like when you're feeding your mind with that you're filling your mind with lust and so now you're looking at almost you'll be looking at people as like objects really Mm-hmm. you know with your and you're bonding yourself to people it's just it's it's like so much deeper than people realize like people think that oh it's just an innocent thing so then why can't you stop doing it why are you obsessing over it why mm-hmm. you now once you're 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 looking at it or obsessing over it you know you now try to make perform or you're not performing in the bedroom because you've been filling your mind now with this other sexual fantasy and desire mm-hmm. and like what is that going to do to your relationship yeah. Um, and I think also people should realize though, just like we also have saying before, like sin is sin. There's so like there's no like oh this is a greater sin. No sin is sin. Yeah. And why are you going to pornography? What are you trying to feed? What's that void? What is it? And look at that issue. Like bring that issue to God. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think sometimes when we do things, we, we almost feel this shame and guilt, especially as women. Women yeah. looking at porn. We feel so much shame and guilt, so we're just going to sweep it under the rug and not Mm -hmm. deal with the root issue of why I'm even going to look at porn or be obsessed over it or be addicted to it. Mm -hmm. It's like any addiction that we have, you know? Yeah. What's the root? Why am I doing this? And let's heal and deal with that. Oh, for sure. And I remember telling these, these, these friends of mine that, a man watching porn was a turn off for me and they're like eh, eh, no who will you date which man will you date and i was like so you guys mean to tell me every single guy like i just find i don't want you to expect me to perform like a porn star <laughs> i think that's the thing like i don't want you to associate me in that lens of you know i watch because it has to when you do watch porn and you're in a relationship or you want to be, I think you can't argue that it does influence the way that you behave with somebody that you're sleeping with or are intimate with. And I just don't want to be, personally, I just don't want to be, to for you to expect, have those expectations of me, I think. But it ended up being this whole thing of like, Jen, you're going to die single, every man watches porn. No, they no, like, they have a broken perspective, and all these like, people yikes. have been speaking into your life about it, or no, they're those that you know. It's like no, <laughs> yeah, they're not the right people to be. Just, uh, that's just not even encouraging, you know, for you. And um, yeah. it made me think about what we were talking about earlier, but just about you know soul ties and having mm-hmm. sex with multiple partners. Now, when you, it's you know it's the same thing now with porn. Porn or multiple partners, you're going into a relationship, a marriage, where mm-hmm. you're either expecting the person to perform that way, or these images or thoughts of the other people you've slept with come in, or you know, like all of that, and that's again validation to, as to why God is saying two become one. Wait, because he's trying to. God is trying to save us from corruption. At the end of the day, he's trying to save us from brokenness. He's trying to help us, you know, through it. He, mm-hmm. the Bible is the guide of how to live this life, really. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that people thought more about what they're doing and how it's detrimental or how it's affecting them or their relationships. They would start to understand more about like what we're saying yeah so it's really a lot of this is really you sitting down with yourself and having that conversation with yourself about 
what type of relationship do you want with God and what do you want him to do for like not for you but like you think it's important to to know what your expectation is of God when you're getting to know him um in order I, to get to know him I don't know I think in order to get to know him it's actually we should take away our expectations mm-hmm. because if we have these expectations or ideas, we we may block God from actually showing us who he really is. Mm. You know, and I think that, like, for example, for myself, I always had this idea with God that he is this strict, you know, like, I would ref- treat God or behave a certain way based on my relationship with my dad. And it's a lot of the relationship with my dad, like, growing up, not so much now, is fear, like, being afraid of him. Oh, girl, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> yeah yeah you're right yeah it's hard to to relate to god as your father and a loving father if you feared your own father so Mm -hmm. i think it's important for us to actually take away our expectations and go in asking him who he is and learning about who he is yeah i guess that brings me to my final thing is like where do we go from here in this conversation about about sex and the church where can like what what are the next steps really as a as a you know and i want you to think more black community or as the ugandan community because there are a lot of taboo topics how do we even start this conversation um so i think we start this conversation like what we're doing now we start having more conversations about it so that people, you know, start to drop their, the cultural and traditional expectations and views on it, you know, and, and we have to be examples. Like I, I'm realizing that more and more with my life that I can't just kind of like keep silent or keep quiet. It's, it's almost like, if you know you can help somebody, talk about it. And mm-hmm. our generation has an opportunity to be different than our parents who put all this shame on sex or be different than, um, you know, the churches that we've grown up in that put all this shame on it. Like, we have to just keep it real at the end of the day. True. Um, so, yeah, I think that we have this opportunity. And, and I do see it more and more mm-hmm. where these taboo topics that our traditions and cultures have been so afraid to talk about, our generation has had enough. We're like, no, we are going to talk about it. We yes. are going to address it and continue to. <clears throat> you know? and, and that's what I love about, I was just telling you, I, I really like Heather Lindsay and and the Jackie Perrys of our time and the, the genetics and the Joseph Solomon because they are talking about issues that we face particularly in this generation having to to be christians in this world today it's a challenge that no one ever talks about you know because it's very easy to say oh just be a christian or just just be a believer but there are challenges because we're having to separate what we see in the world and what's cool and then having to reconcile that with but I'm a child of God. It's 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 tough. It's challenging. Yeah. But we have to yeah. acknowledge that it is tough and 
and what are what are what are the solutions so i think yeah you're right talking about it openly i hope this helps someone out there who is struggling um and cj you said that your church is kicc if people are looking for a pastor who talks about these things openly you have um he has like an instagram and he does live now that we're in quarantine he does like where does his lives where do his live videos appeared are they on youtube or facebook yeah so on instagram it's kicc toronto mm-hmm. and then um you so every friday at so friday around 7 p.m mm-hmm. or not even around at 7 p.m there's bible study online mm-hmm. on, on youtube and so we actually post the link on the page so people can click like on the on the uh, bio or check the bio for the link and then sunday mornings at 9 45 a.m Mm-hmm. Um, officially, like it'll, yeah, nine thirty-five a.m. The link will also be there for like Sunday services, mm-hmm. and that's a, it's actually good, or like kind of remind me of what I wanted to say is that our our community also needs to stop separating things like oh those are for the Mazungu, you know they do such oh things. my god like, yeah that's white people know? culture yeah yeah white people culture like no (laughs) you know what i mean so we we have to stop that separation and thinking oh they do that it's not for us Mm -hmm. we can learn a lot from like how you know you see like canadian american cultures where they're open with their family they're they talk about these things like now there's no fear of 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 parents okay we have we have a good you know we've learned a lot about honor and respect which is good yeah (laughs) too much like yeah, <laughs> but it's to the point that we fear, you know. Where yes. I feel like people, I grew up in a in a in Newmarket, Ontario. So most of my friends were white, and I went into homes, and I was like, these people could just openly talk to their parents, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like we we have to learn from that as well, and just learn as human beings as a whole. Like, okay, what does how does God want us to to move in mm-hmm. this world and heal? Because at the end of the day a lot of what we have learned we need to unlearn absolutely and separate your traditions and culture from god those are two different things yeah mixing the two is never a good idea oh man no do you think the aunties should join this conversation the aunties and uncles yeah the the aunties and uncles should but it's almost like who? <laughs> you know what I mean? You wanna, you, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like, for example, yeah, like, I know that there are some aunties and uncles who are open, but then I'm trying to think who really is going to talk about sex. <laughs> yeah. But, but I do think they do need to be a part of the conversation because in your opinion, I think they do contribute to a lot of the shame, you know? Um, yeah. Like I, I used to hear my mom say certain things, and I'm like, "Mommy, you can't, you you can't say that. <laughs> like that's not, that's not okay, you know." But we are Africans, that sort of thing. So I think we we do. I don't know how to tell you the truth. I, you know, guys, don't go and say Jen told you to go and tell you <laughs> before you get slapped. <laughs> but I do I'm think. At some point, in some ways, we have to... Maybe I should have an auntie on one of the episodes. 
I, I'll just, <laughs> I'll maybe I'll change it to bad manners and the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. No, that is right. And you know, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you know, for me, I was like, oh, who's going to talk about sex? And I'm like, wait a minute. When you said they should be part of the conversation, I thought, yeah, we should be able to even tell them like, auntie, uncle we don't feel comfortable talking about this because of how we've been raised yeah let's discuss that let's you know what i'm i'm gonna work on it let's do part two bad manners and the gospel with the aunties and uncles and uh (laughs) thank you siji for coming this this has been amazing we had some technical issues but we'll fix them um in time for the the episode but thank you for coming this was really interesting and i will have your church's uh information in the in the bio box when i release this so people can can get a chance to you know because i was really blessed by by your pastor and the few times that i've been there he definitely especially around when he talked about domestic violence i felt such relief (laughs) not only by a church talking about it by but by a man saying it is wrong it's not love that changed my life changed my whole life so guys trust me check check them out um and yeah let's do this again yeah for sure no that was great and that's so powerful what you said i actually have goosebumps yes man the same thing like i can testify and agree that so many um things like that my pastor talks about it's so healing you're like wow yeah. you're seeing a man talking about this like, a man admitting things being mm-hmm. real like that's what we need that is mm-hmm. what we need we can't yeah. be yeah we it's it time it's time it's time for us to be told the gospel in its pure healthy form not mm-hmm. its twisted form that makes us feel shame and guilt and fear yeah so yeah yeah. yeah thank you this so much no problem no problem jane yeah. have a great one and i'm looking forward to seeing how you how you do this so yeah I'm really looking forward to this yeah i will be yeah you you will be the first to know <laughs> all right bye Take care. bye